What's up, everybody? Your host, Taylor Kramer here, and welcome to the Cold Shower Podcast. Whether you're a returning listener or this is your first time, I am very, very happy to have you. So the last couple of years, I've been driven by conversation, continually seeking knowledge, discomfort, new ideas, and opinions in order to continually grow. I'm providing others the same opportunity through recorded conversations like the one you're about to listen to. But if you want to go even deeper into what we have going on, then visit coldshowerpodcast.com and you can even click subscribe to receive additional content only available to subscribers. And don't forget, if you like what we have going on here, then please leave a review on iTunes. It goes a long way in showing support both for the work that I do, but more importantly, the willingness of the guests to come and share their knowledge. Thanks. Cue the music. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Cold Shower Podcast. My guest today is a familiar one, very familiar to me. He's my older brother, uh, but this is also his third appearance on the show. And today we're, I think, just going to kind of go in random directions, catch up and see what he's been up to since the last episode he was on, where he shared some pretty unique stories about his experiences uh, playing professional basketball, semi-professionally in the U.S. and then professionally overseas and some of the experiences he's had. Big bro, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me on. I don't know uh, how long ago it's been since the last interview, but um, it's great to be up here in northern Michigan, see the studio, and get to hang out with you for a couple days while I'm running little basketball camps up here. Yeah, it's nice you get free room and board, sometimes some free food too. It's a good sometimes setup. Sometimes some free food, yep. Yeah. Uh, what's been going on since you were last on? Like I said, I'm not sure exactly when that was. Probably less than a year, though. Yeah, I don't know. We... Uh, Less than a year ago, we moved from Indiana to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, so that's obviously been a big adjustment family-wise, living situation-wise, business-wise. Um, and so as a person who runs their own business, there's been a lot of uh, additional challenges and work to do. Um, working in a, another state and really another part of the country on the East Coast. And uh, so a lot, a lot of stuff going on as far as uh, keeping my business up and running and growing uh, in the Midwest while also having a brand new area of trying to expand with our player development down on the East, East Coast. Did you have to revisit like some of the tactics that you used when you were first starting Kramer basketball because you moved to a new area? Or was it all like just because it's a new area, new tech, new strategy? Uh, I mean, I obviously know a lot more based on all the mistakes that I made the first time around. Um, so there's been some uh, positives that I think I've been able to get to faster down there. Um, maybe some shortcuts based on, you know, mistakes that I made prior. Um, but the bottom line is in any type of, of business relationships are key and getting to meet people and know people, um, let them know who you are um, and that you're, you're, you know, for me, faith, passion, service, and sacrifice. Um, so getting coaches, parents, uh, everyone that you're involved in to understand what you stand for, what are the principles you're trying to live by, um, and no matter what line of work that you're in, you know, those are foundational concepts that you need if you want to grow and, and build any type of business. Have you had any issues with, um, 
like as you're trying to attract new business of some people just being like, dude, I just want you to teach basketball. I don't need to know about this other stuff that's important to you or to the foundation of your business because that those are unique principles. I don't think every business is built on principles like that. Um, no, I've never had, yeah. I've, I've had, um, like going down to South Carolina, people don't know me. Um, and so there's been plenty of people who have kind of shut the door without giving me a chance to meet with them and introduce them. You know, I can't tell you how many phone calls and emails and stuff that I've made that just keeps going unreturned or meetings that I've, I've had where people are just like, no, and, and, you know, don't really give me a chance. That's happened quite a bit, um, down there, but nevertheless, I'm, I'm just looking at it, you know, as it's, it's one step closer to getting the opportunities that are going to come my way. There's already opportunities that have unfolded that, that I'm working on and instructing down there. Uh, so it just kind of comes with the territory of, you know, anytime you're doing something, you know, if, if everybody is, is involved, you're probably not doing something right because it just means you don't really have a following. So, um, you know, I'd rather have a hundred people who are all in than a thousand people who are kind of wishy-washy. And, um, I feel like that's been a big part of, of what I do is, you know, I know with Kramer basketball, it's not like, I mean, we train a couple thousand kids a year. It's not like we're not working with, with quite a few players. Um, but it's not this gigantic enterprise. Um, but what it is, is coaches, players, and parents who are kind of sold out and bought in to the message that, that I'm trying to give. And for me, it gives me a chance to do my best to try to make a positive impact in those people's lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you want quality connections or the true fans over those kind of, yeah, like less important relationships yep. from a lot of people. Um, this was a principle that I heard. It was more like in regard, I mean, you're involved in sales and trying to get people to allow you to use their facilities or, or you to train them. Um, but it said to focus less on the no's and more on the, on the maybes. So you have these, when someone tells you no, you might have a pretty good idea then of, of what they are looking for, what they actually want, and that it's maybe not including you, but that focusing more on the maybes is important. Do you ever get maybes and then really like zero in on those? Or are you always trying to turn that no into a yes? Um, I think with the maybes, if you, if I'm like for myself, very rarely am I going to introduce myself to a brand new person and they're going to give me a yes, right? I haven't, I haven't had any of those unless it's been a high school coach that I work for and this guy's telling another coach, this guy, like you got to have this guy come in and work with your program. Those are yeses. Those are yeses even before I've met that person. So they're contacting me ready to line something up. I never even met them before. Um, but a lot of the people that are, are brand new that I'm working on myself, they're all maybes or they're no's. Mm -hmm. right? And so taking those maybes and continuing to try to develop and foster that relationship might mean actually working with them a year later, year and a half, two years later. Um, and so that's 100% true in my line of work. Yeah, it's really weird because I think some people, if you're trying to get their business, use maybe when they actually are really saying no and they just want to be polite and they say maybe to buy themselves some time and hope that you forget about contacting them again. So really that maybe could be a no, but you don't know that. And then also like you just don't want to give up on the people that say no right away either. So it's kind of weird balance having to figure out what someone actually means and then determining if it's worth the effort. 
Yep. I think that, you know, the maybes, you kind of put them in different categories. You know, a maybe is somebody that whether they're being polite or they're actually interested, it's just more about, you know, scheduling and working something together that I'll make sure that I'm keeping uh, in touch with on a very consistent basis. Um, and then the people that say, no, it's not like I'm never going to talk to them again. It's more of, okay, I'm going to put that kind of in this section and every once in a while, just kind of reach out and touch base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's fun to be able to, when you get a maybe and, and kind of play that game with someone of like, they say maybe, and then really they're just hoping that you don't contact them again. And then you're working behind the scenes to figure out all those details that they had issue with in the beginning saying like, well, I don't know if, if there's a date that works or whatever it is. And then you come back to them with it and kind of call them on it a little bit. And they're still like, Oh yeah. Uh, I just, I still, I don't think it's going to work out. And so then you realize like they never really met maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, that was something that, you know, I've been working on my own for five and a half years. And so that was something that was more common in the first couple years for me. Um, and as I've developed more relationships with other people, um, a lot of my dates and times to travel and work with people are based on the relationships that I already have. And so there's, there's less time for me to even have those no's and those maybes say yes, because the business has grown and, and expanded. Um, which it, which is always nice, but you're always working on building more and new, new relationships. Um, but as your whatever you're doing starts to grow, obviously it's like okay. When I started out, I had 90% of my days of the year available, right? Mm-hmm. And now I, you know the the busier and and the better you get at something, the it's it's easier to say okay. Well, I only got you know 10% of the schedule that any of those no's or maybe's I could actually say yes to them mm-hmm. now. So the, the roles are kind of reversed after a while of, you know, I was talking to two coaches um, yesterday and they were like, you know, when do you think you could come and work with our school? And I gave them like five days. That's it. Mm-hmm. And not of them, you know, and maybe it was like, I can only come at night because I already got something during, during the day, you know, and it's a yes or a no. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's me saying the no, unfortunately, until our business expands to the point where we have even more, coaches teaching kind of the Kramer basketball progressions and foundations in different states and locations. Yeah. Have you ever heard the, I think it was Bob Knight in one of his books. Um, he had said talking about the power of no, and this isn't necessarily in terms of business, but like keeping your own sanity and how people just sometimes just say yes to everything, even things that they don't want to be doing. And so he was talking about the power of no, and he's framing it in a Bob Knight type of way. So the same dude that threw a chair across the court, but he was like... Probably a lot of F-bombs thrown in there. F-bombs, Likes yeah. Likes to swear a lot. Yeah. Yep. But he was like, he was like, just say no. If you, ha- if you get invited by someone to something that you don't want to go to or you're not yet sure, he's like, just say no. And then if you can show up, that person will be really happy. As opposed to saying yes and then not going, how upset are they going to be? So it was kind of it was kind of nice to have it framed like that because it was like, don't say maybe, don't say yes to something that you're not sure about or something that you don't want to do. Just say no, and if the time comes, you can go to it and make somebody really happy. So I thought that was like pretty valuable too. Yeah, I think that's valuable. I also think that um, you got to be careful who you're saying no to when you're really starting out because if you're just starting out in a business. I mean, you're, you want to make as many connections as possible, meet as many 
people as possible, build as many positive relationships as possible. But once you get to the Bob Knight category, All right. where people are probably paying you, you know, 50,000 to show up and speak for 10 minutes at an event, you can say no to plenty of people, mm-hmm. right? Because you're getting, you know, getting paid to, you know, whatever your, your quote or your rate is to show up at an event. Um, so, you know, you, you, the longer you go and the more successful you are, it's easier to be, to be picky. Yeah, that's true. It was, um, yeah, I think if you're just starting out, like you have to say yes to everything, um, business wise, but if it's your personal life and you're being driven like crazy by all these commitments, you're just saying yes to getting your kids in every little soccer league and all that stuff. It's like, you got to utilize no to stay sane a little bit. Yeah, Um, I think no can be used with, you know, how do you use your time? Yeah. And it's easy to get pulled in a lot of directions time-wise. And so being able to be organized and scheduled is obviously really important, which means saying no to a lot of things that may be entertaining in the short term. Yeah. You don't want to just say yes to things that are going to make other people happier than they'll actually make you. Um, Can you talk about, like, your training philosophies in terms of what it would look like? You, You mentioned progressions and things like that with the training that you're doing with players. Um why why should a coach say yes if you're reaching out to him about conducting a clinic or training? Yeah, I think first off I'd say training is kind of almost getting a bad name, I would say. And in a lot of ways rightfully so. Um just because I mean you could throw a stone now in somebody's quote training players or whatever. Um but the interesting thing for me is I never really thought of myself as a trainer. Um, and realistically, I'm not a trainer. Like it, training, they used to call it basketball lessons. And for mm-hmm. some reason, the word training caught on. I don't know when. And so now everybody's training. It's like, you know, before people would get basketball lessons, piano lessons, whatever is kind of something on the side. Well, now people are still doing that. Maybe a little bit more. They just got a phone and they create an Instagram account and they're training kids. But, um, you know, if, if I was training, I wouldn't be doing this full time for a living. I'd have to, you know, have like a real job, (laughs) you know, because that's a small thing. I, so really, I mean, I'd refer to myself more as just a coach, a clinician. I mean, people bring me in for maybe one day out of the year, two days out of the year, three days, four days out of the year. And then a large majority of them, I'm not going to see them again until the next year. That's not a trainer, right? That's that's a coach who's coming in and trying to work with a program and lay down a foundation for their development, both in season, both off season, based on the needs and the communication that I've had with that specific coach. Um, you know, compared to training, I think you know when I think of training, I think of the the guy or the girl who's working with some kids once or twice a week throughout the course of the year or something like that. And that is the exact opposite of really what I'm doing. I want all of our players to understand how to work out on their own, how to train themselves right through uh, the programs that we, that we have and that we can lay in place through um, our online membership, our online video membership, or actually going in person to work with, with programs, companies, schools. And, uh, so that, that's a big part of, of what we're doing. And, um, you know, methodology-wise, I think that, you know, like, for example, if I'm, I'm trying to become a better coach every day, so what do I need to do for that? I mean, I'm, I'm reading books on athletic development. I'm reading books on uh, learning styles. 
I'm reading books on different types of ways that athletes can take instruction and then apply it into the actual performance of the game. Cause that's what people want, right? They want to perform better in the heat of the moment. Right. And so being able for me to learn a lot more about those things, not just physically, but also mentally, and then how we can apply that into our instruction so that those players can continue to work on it on their own and then eventually get better results in a game. And then the next time that I see them, or that might be the next year or the next couple months, we can continue to build on the instruction and the development that hopefully they've already had throughout, you know, that interval of time until we met again. Um, and I think a lot of that comes back to what worked for me and in, in my development as an athlete. And I think a lot of the development that people that might be, you know, maybe late twenties and older had, um, growing up because for me, basketball camps were a huge benefit in, in my life. Um, traveling around. I mean, I went out of state to basketball camps. I went throughout the state of Michigan to different basketball camps and then being able to go to those camps and being able to learn and compete against other kids, different types of uh, instructional philosophies from different high school and college coaches, and then being able to apply that into, okay, when I'm on the, when I'm in the driveway, I know what I need to work on, but I was the one improving my game. I went to the camps and everything to learn. And then it was up to me to apply the rest of the year. And then I go back to another camp and soak in as much as I can. And then I'm working on my own. And anybody I think that is successful, not just in sports, is putting in the time on their own. And if the only time you're getting better is when you're around somebody else, you're going to be average. Average. All right. <laughs> There's a... <clears throat> One of my big messages for the year going to camps is balance. I'm telling kids, you know what I think of balance? Average, below average. Mm -hmm. Who wants to be average? You want to be average? Nope. <laughs> I don't want to be average, right? And, and one of the messages that I'll be talking about a lot this summer is balance. And when I think of the word balance, I think of average. Everybody talks about how to have balance in my life you know blah 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 balance to me is average if i got a balance of all these different aspects of living a life how can i be great at any of those and uh so i believe in jesus so my faith is a priority i love my family my wife that's a priority I have a very tight circle of friends that I'm not related to. That's a priority. And then there's basketball. Priority. So I got four, really there's only four things in my life that I'm really spending a lot of time in. So in those four areas, I mean, it's pretty unbalanced. Sports-wise, I really could care less about any other sports besides basketball. Now, I'm, all, I'm for multi-sport athletes, don't get me wrong, but my personal interests and my work and everything that I'm dedicated to, it's coaching, program, and player development around the game of basketball and trying to model the characteristics of you know, being a positive member of society. So the three Fs, faith, family, friends, and then one B, basketball. Unbalanced, but I really believe that that's um, a key to success in 
people's lives is understanding what those couple principles and priorities are, honing in on them and spending your time on them. Yeah. Balance is an interesting word because I think a lot of times it's thought of as pretty healthy. Um, and I think for you, the stuff that, that you're zeroed in on allows you a healthy life because it's things that should be important to everybody. So faith, family, friends, and then what you're really trying to be great in, in terms of like a profession. Um, I think people lean on the word balance though, when sometimes maybe they're just being lazy. So I gotta, I gotta lay down. I gotta relax. I got to do this just so I can achieve balance. And maybe that's true for some people if they really are in a high pressure job or something and they do need to just take a break. But there's probably a lot of people and there's times where I do this too, where I haven't necessarily earned the right to be laying on the couch watching those couple hours of TV because there's other things that I should be focusing on. And so that's where I need less balance. Balance shouldn't be a reason for me uh, to be using. And I, I just need to keep hitting it like harder. And yeah, it seems to be like a mainstream word where achieve balance, be healthy, but don't use that as an excuse. When, when you say you want to be great at something that that's something that I see quite a bit. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're a person who, has a nine to five and you like that nine to five and then you, you know, you got a few hours with your family after work and then you, you know, you watch a couple hours TV and then you go to bed and you know, that's fulfilling to you. Then, you know, I'm not going to say you're, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. You know what I mean? Um, but with, with that said, I think a lot of times people will, you know, you might say you really want something, but if the way you live on a daily basis doesn't reflect that really, you don't really want it. Yeah. That, I, I guess that would be my issue too, is it's just the people that say like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. But then they're not showing it like in their life. But yeah, absolutely. There's tons of people who maybe are living what we would say is a balanced life. And that is exactly what their family needs, what their friends need, what they need. And they're perfectly content in that. Um, I guess for me, I just, there's always something that I'm kind of like a little bit on fire about. And I go in a ton of different directions, I think, because like my main goal is just to try to be like really well-rounded. And so sometimes that that can get lost and maybe it looks like balance, too. But it's like I'm always trying to be on fire for something. So when I'm sitting down and reading a book like it's I really want to be taking that book to heart and, and finding out ways to apply that when I'm having a conversation with someone that I'm, I'm passionate about that conversation in that moment. Um, but. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that there's times where people are even passionate about something. They just haven't like put a name to it yet as well, because it doesn't look like something that they should be passionate about to other people. But I think like being a family man is something you can be really passionate about being providing for your family because you're going to a job that maybe other people consider to be drudgery. Like you can be applying passion into each of those things. And I hope that people are. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so what else I kind of want to talk about specifically, like, it's fun for me as people are watching the NBA, maybe obviously we're a little strange. We know more about basketball than probably the average people, but like they might be blown away by these warmups that like Steph Curry is doing before the games. And to me, I'm like, that's really cool. But I've seen my brother do that for years and years, like similar things to that. Um, what, what kind of stuff do you have that's maybe like a little unorthodox to most people? Cause I think back to some of the basketball camps I went to 
and some of them were just doing like a figure eight dribble between the legs compared to what I've seen take place at your camp. Like, can you give a couple examples? Yeah, I'm trying to think of, um, really, it's not necessarily drills. Like, I think that we get caught up in the drills, whether it's, you know, something cool we see on social media or whether it's something we see pregame that, you know, Steph Curry or something is doing. But I think the key is, you know, what's, what's the foundation that you're trying to build on? How are you layering your player development strategies so that you can continue to try to challenge yourself and get better? Um, You know, what I say is, you know, you want a drill that looks cool, go on social media and look it up. You want to become a better player, come to, you know, one of my camps and, and we'll break down, you know, how to build on a foundation and continue to progress and improve for years and years and years. And so I think that's um, something that I try to focus on a lot is um, being able to break things down very deliberately, um, break it down in almost like a, a block training style, step one, step two, step three, step four. And as we start to ma- master some of these basic skills step by step by step, then we can put it all together in what you'd call a randomized training situation or a randomized practice. And um, what studies show is, you know, there's really two main ways that, that we can learn as athletes, block style and randomized style. And, um, you know, randomized style would be doing a specific action or, or skill and then going into something else and then some, something else. Um, it might be take a jump shot, backpedal to half court, slide to uh, the midline, sprint up to the top of the key, one dribble layup, where you're, you're always doing something different. And then the next level of that is where you don't actually know what you're doing. You're getting uh, an external cue from a coach, an opponent that is making you uh, make that decision on the fly right away. Uh, so that's, that's randomized instruction. Block instruction is, okay, I'm going to go to the top of the key and I'm going to shoot 10. And then I'm going to go to the wing and I'm going to shoot 10. And so what we're trying to do with our Kramer basketball program is get athletes to understand the importance of, of reps, right? Because the best way that we learn at some, learn something and pick something up, a, even a good or a bad habit, is doing it again and again and again, mm-hmm. right? And that's been that way forever. So we're not changing that. You need a lot of reps at something to get better at it. And so we can get a lot of reps up in a short amount of time with a, a basic block training style of do this, do this, and let's hone in very deliberately, very specifically on a couple things that we're trying to get you to master, whether it's a shot, a follow-through, your stance, uh, some movement mechanics as far as basketball goes, as far as being able to maintain a driving line, a low, wide base, you know, dropping your shoulder, and we can hone in on a couple of those things. Uh, but at some point, if we don't transition that and build into more randomized game application, you're basically just going to be kind of a robot. And we see that a lot of times. If There's kids that work hard, and they, they listen, and they feel good in their practice, but they have trouble getting it to translate into a game, right? Which is what you're practicing for is to play better in a game. And so that's our – you know, my whole methodology and, and training style is being able to break things down piece by piece and step by step as we start to master those, 
progress, progress, progress until we're able to give you game situations and break down how you're able to apply all the little things that we've just worked on into that player that's that's guarding you, into that uh, read that you're supposed to make as far as being able to pass. Okay, I should have passed it here at the three-point line. Or no, I should have taken one more dribble into a gap and kind of contracted the defense a little bit more, and then I should have kicked it out. All those little things are progressions that players are making on the fly with, with reads, but we're, we're breaking it down into smaller steps prior to that. And that's what anybody will see when they come to come to our camps is things very specific, very broken down, high intensity. Um, and then it's just progression, progression, progression until you're trying to make those reads on your own, you know, at the end of our camps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think giving the one thing I've noticed when I've gone to your camps is like giving players a reason for why they're doing what they're doing. And so you're able to explain like, if the defender's here, then that's why I'm going to do that. Here's a counter move to that. And I think that that's something that, um, you see like this episode will probably be released like in the middle of the NBA finals that are taking place right now. And I always enjoy, like, because I watch a lot of NBA basketball, I look at a certain player who just seems to be like exceeding expectations. Like you never expected him to be that good. And then look at like another player that you're just like, they've been in the league for five or six years and they never got better. So like Pascal Siakam comes to mind right now because it's like he's six, eight, six, nine athletic there's a ton of those in the NBA and he might be the most improved player now. And so it could be due to, well, it is due to the the different things that he's done in the off season. And it's like there, what other players have his same exact athleticism, same exact body type, and just haven't amounted to the things that he's amounted to because they're not employing those things. Right. And I think that um, there's a lot of players that at any level, and people at any job, like you may, you may be a teacher, you may um, work in a business, you may have that job for 30 years and work really, really hard. And after 30 years is up, you're really not any better mm-hmm. at that job, even though you've put in all the time and you've put in all the work. Now you compare that to Siakam, for example, for the Raptors. You're saying, okay, why is, why is he... It's not just that he, he's working harder than everybody else. You're at the highest level of the world with basketball. You're telling me the other players aren't working hard? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a very few, you know, a very small amount of players in the NBA. There's 450 players in the NBA, okay? There's going to be a very few amount of those 450 that actually don't work hard, and they're just so genetically blessed that they can still be in the top 450 in the world. Mm-hmm. So they're all working hard. So what's Siakam doing differently, right? His application of skill, right? Which, you know, what is he doing in the offseason? What is he doing in the preseason? How is he able to to learn, I'm sure, from watching game film, studying the game, and being able to uh, take that into his individual practice, his small group and team practice, and then eventually being able to translate that into what he does well in game situations is why he, you know, dominated game one of of the nba finals and i think that um high school basketball players are the same way you know there's plenty of kids who put in some time and put in the hard work um but what we're trying to teach them through our instruction is and at our camps is there's more to it Mm. plenty of people work hard that's not that special working hard is not that special really 
putting in a lot of time, yeah, good. But it's still, but how are you able to apply your hard work? How are you able to apply your time? And a lot of that has to do with, with your mindset, your mental focus, the things that you're actually concentrating on. There was a study, I read a study about, um, it was an athletic, uh, a strength training program, and they took these these two groups of guys and they gave them the exact same workout. I don't know if the workout was like six weeks or three months. I, I can't remember the exact time frame, but they gave these guys the exact same workout and they said, okay, we're going to test your strength and your physical abilities, and then we're going to give you this workout. And then when you come back after you finish the program, we're going to test everything again. So they gave group A the workout and just said, do it, come back, and we'll test you. They gave the same workout to group B, and they only told them one other thing. They said, we want you to do this workout, but while you're doing the workout, we want you to think about the benefits, concentrate on the muscle movements, what you're actually trying to build while you're doing these exercises, right? So they both finished the program, they came back, they were tested, both groups got stronger, but the group that they asked to mentally focus and concentrate on the benefits of what they were doing got considerably stronger. I don't remember hmm. the exact percentages as far as strength increase, but the group that they asked to mentally focus and concentrate on all the little things that they were going to improve upon through uh, their strength program got considerably stronger. Hmm. And that's a big part of our instruction with Kramer basketball. I mean, it's not a crazy secret, but it's it's a difference maker, and and you know that's why we've had a lot of success with the programs we work with. Yeah, I think that's so important. It's like you could be a teacher, you could be in a position like you're in anything. Like even even if you're a manager of employees, you're gonna find so much more success managing those employees if you're giving them the reasons of why they need to do things, asking them to take ownership and to focus on specific things. Like it's just gonna equal more productivity. And I think it's exactly what it's like. And then I, I was just thinking about my own personal experience too. Like playing high school basketball it was one of those things where one thing I really had to remember was as I was a freshman and a sophomore and I was physically behind a lot of players, like a lot of players, most were bigger, most were faster, most were stronger, quicker, all these things. And I was like, that's the reality right now. That might be the reality when I graduate too. Like, you know, I might still be weaker than most players, but it was like the difference is going to be for these next couple of years as I'm trying to get on the varsity team is that like when practice ends, basketball's done for the day for those guys. Whereas for me, come in early, get shots up, stay late, get shots up, go home, talking about basketball, watching basketball mm -hmm. and eventually I saw that stuff come to fruition where I wasn't, wasn't getting beat out by players that were bigger and stronger and faster than I was. And it's because of those applications and it wasn't necessarily just working hard. I can't say that I, within the time frame of the practice that I was working harder than a lot of those guys, they're all high character guys. They were working really hard during practice, but it was trying to figure out ways to kind of bypass them, you know, outside of the, outside of the practice was something that I really had to do. And then I've tried to do the same thing with this podcast where it's like, I get a bunch of listeners for the first episode. Maybe I'm not very good at this thing. And I'm just asking them like, please stay with me because 
I'm not going to continue to be like that. Like I want to improve on something like this. I'm thinking about it every single day and, and challenging myself and asking myself, I'm in the car rehearsing, probably sounding and looking like an idiot <laughs> for some of these conversations. It's like, you know, come along for the ride, watch me develop because I am one of those people that wants to get better at something. It's not just going to be, you know, keeping that straight line and not improving. I think that's one of the fun things about, you know, watching you, um, watching anybody who has a, a passion for something that they're putting a lot of time and effort and energy and focus into. And, um, you know, like you, you're, we're able to follow that see that on, you know, whether it's listen to your podcast, see development on social media. I think that's one of the the coolest things maybe of social media. I'm not a huge social media guy, but for the people that kind of put themselves out there and you're able to follow their progress and, and then you can kind of look and be like, man, I was following this guy like five mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and look what they did now. Yeah. Like look, look at um, where they're traveling to or, um, how their business has grown or how their, you know, body has changed or as an athlete, like, man, they were just kind of an average player before. And now, you know, they're, they're a standout and, um, that's pretty cool to be able to, to be able to see. Yeah. Social media is, uh, like definitely a cool tool, but also can obviously give you like a, a false sense of what people are actually about. But I like, I like looking at stuff for people that I actually know personally too and being able to like relay what they're posting with how I actually know them to be too. So I like looking at your stuff, um, just getting an idea of what people's everyday lives look like if they're recording some of that too. Uh, I've tried to do that in the past of like, this is what I do in the mornings um, and seeing if people will like glean anything from, from that stuff too. Glean. What do you mean by that? Glean, like if they want to take any of what I'm doing and utilize it themselves. Oh, very good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so you'd mentioned that you read some different books. What have you read recently that's played into what you have going on with Kramer basketball or just life in general? You know, every every um, year I'm reading something on, you know, athletic development or whatever. So I just finished a, a book on um, like core performance and um I've my one of my favorite kind of training um, books is from Tim Gro- Tim Grover. Mm-hmm. You read that one? Yeah. Um, Jump Attack. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Jump Attack. Yeah, but then he had a second one. Was it just Jump Attack Two? Uh, I can't I can't remember the exact uh, exact one, but it was, it's more than just like jumping. Like right. it's it's a lot of like full body legs and upper body, and and so that was a great program. And I did the whole program myself. And in fact, I actually. Um, liked it so much I had a couple different high school programs ask me like what I should do because they they saw me they you know I would go in work out I mean I'm in my 30s I'm dunking and I'm running around I'm you know I'm more athletic than most kids have my age still and um, I said well this is like a lot of the stuff that I do I, I found that book maybe five years ago mm-hmm. and um, I developed a lot of that stuff as far as lunging uh consistently there's a lot of lunges in um that book um i started following Corey gregory he's a huge lunge guy um and so i was seeing from a few different um professionals you know how much like lunges and certain exercises were benefiting them and they like don't know each other but they're both very well known 
in athletic development and, and strength training. And so I started doing a lot of those exercises and it didn't take very long for me to start to feel better. You know, my, my knees, my ankles, my, a lot of my joints, lower back, hips started to feel a lot better. Um, and then, you know, just kind of relaying that, that information. I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to make everything up on my own. Like if somebody else has something that's, that's really good, you know, I'm going to try to see how that uh, applies to me. So yeah, lunge walks for sure. That's been something I've tried to share with people a little more. I've gotten into them more so in the past and then I've picked them up recently. They're one of those things. I don't know if it was like this for you, but, um, people are familiar with lunge walks. And I remember when you had, um, Vito, the guy that you had worked out with for a week down to your place. Yep. Um, yep. Pro earlier, player, pro earlier player came month. down, stay with us for a week. Yeah. Um, and you had taken him through some lunge walks and he'd said, he'd made a joke. Like most people don't like to do 10, let alone, we just maybe did like 300 or, or yeah. however yep. long and it was. I think 300, about 300 meters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that I think you have to work up to. And I notice for me, if I take a long layoff from lunge walks and, and what we're talking about is just body weight lunge walks. So just using your own body weight and covering a specific distance by lunge walking. And it's something I have to like knock the dust off. I feel like really creaky, almost yeah. feel like, like it is a pain that I shouldn't be feeling at <laughs> yeah, first. No, hundred percent. Yeah. And then yeah. I don't know, maybe after a week or so less than that, sometimes I kind of settle in and the, the groove is pretty greased and I feel mm -hmm. like it's something that for me was big because I'm not a person that wants to go like on the treadmill if I'm trying to like lose a couple pounds and run for a long distance or, or even walk for a long distance. But lunge walks, I feel like there might not be an exercise that I can think of where you get like more bang for your buck. So in terms of like flexibility, uh, I mean, building some muscle, but also like the cardiovascular aspect of it too. I haven't found anything that like really rivals it. It's a great combination <laughs> of all those things that you mentioned, which, you know, jogging or running will give you some of that or, um, weightlifting will give you some of that, but it does a pretty good job of hitting a little bit of all of those, those categories. Um, but health wise, when I started out doing it, you know, I was, and I, like I said, I was, I was learning it from a few different people that I highly respected. And, um, so when I started saying, you know, I'm going to give lunges a try and I, I felt, you know, it hurt, right. It hurt mm -hmm. for, um, you know, probably a couple of weeks where you're like, man, um, but actually what I started to feel better and I got stronger and I started to actually feel a little more athletic when I was playing basketball. And on top of that, my joints started to feel better. And what I actually learned, I can't remember where I had read it from, but by doing, you know, the, the lunge, your, your bodies that will actually create like more lubricant around those joints that you're using. Mm -hmm. So it, it hurts more in the beginning, but your body's like, okay, th this person is really kind of bending in this specific movement and they'll start to, your body will kind of send more, kind of like uh, fluid, fluid and, and blood and, and start to almost kind of heal that, that area because that's, that's something that you're um, putting your body through quite a bit. And, um, you know, it's made me, it's made me stronger. I got real skinny legs, but pound for pound, my legs are, I think fa fairly strong to, to do what I got to do. So lunges are a big, a big part of that. Um, so athletic development is something that I'm always kind of reading about, um, you know, but I try to kind of divide, um, you know, what I read about again into the things that, you know, we talked about, you know, 
faith, family, friends, basketball. And so if you were to look at the books that I read, they're all around that, you know, like read a book on marriage or read a book on business. I'll read a book on um, leadership and, um, you know, communication. Uh, one of the books that I'm reading right now is uh, called Transformational Leadership by Josh Metcalf and Jamie Gilbert. Jamie Gilbert's one of my favorite authors. Um, and he does a lot of kind of mindset and mental training with uh, like college programs, speaking and um, different ways that people in, in business or sport are able to um, kind of play in a way ab- above their athletic set um, simply based on, you know, their, their mindset, um, mental kind of philosophies that they can continue to wrap their mind around um, instead of just the normal, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to put time in, I'm trying to reach this goal. Um, you know, he's a, he's a lot more specific in, you know, what are kind of some of the core values that you have like what are you really trying to get out of basketball is it really just to get a scholarship or is there more to it as far as you know you're searching for a a satisfaction in your life you're you're searching for growth in your life and you're really basketball is just the way that you're trying to uh, feel that right and different ways that we can kind of feel more uh, satisfaction and end up having more success when we don't uh, tie in the result to our success, mm. but we tie in, you know, this process and who we're growing and becoming through trials and struggles and growth and development. Cause all those things are really difficult, right? So, and challenging, but if we can understand that that's really where we're growing the most and becoming a, a better person or a better athlete, that's really the the rewarding and kind of satisfying result, oftentimes much more so than the result or the goal that most people actually set themselves for as far as like scoring a certain amount of points or getting a award or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those like points and those awards are more like measurable, tangible things that we can see when we're setting out to do something. Yeah, like the 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 good byproducts of that are things that we couldn't have necessarily like known were going to take place. And I think for me, when I try to judge like myself in terms of where I'm at and what level of success I'm at currently, I I can more accurately um, paint that picture by looking where I was as opposed to like where I thought I should be. And so I can look back and be like, dude, you've gotten a lot better at this. You were not, as successful at that as you know a couple of months ago but if you tend to like look forward too much or judge yourself based on where you thought you should be then you're you're not gonna really find satisfaction sometimes in the improvement that you actually have made I think yeah I think it's important for us to to understand that a lot of times the end result or the end goal isn't really the most important thing it's it's the process of who we're becoming through our growth, through our struggles. Um, you know, like you think of high school basketball. Do you really think a whole lot about the district championships that you won? Or do you think more about the, the struggle, the tough practices, the time invested, the things that it took to continue to improve? 
and in a lot of ways it's it's less about you know what was that one game like or when you got that trophy or whatever i mean i have i don't know how many trophies and stuff that i got i got like maybe two at my house right now the rest are in mom and dad's basement somewhere or they're thrown away i really could care less about <laughs> about that mm-hmm. um and the reason that i do have a couple specific trophies at the house now is not because it's a physical trophy but when i look at it it's a reminder of all the work and the time and the focus and uh, so it's a lot of positive memories that i have and it's also a great reminder for me to be like yeah like i did that and it took all of this all of this effort all this time all this dedication and if i want to do something else that's going to be successful. I'm going to have to do that exact same thing as far as my, my focus intensity and time given. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. Like I don't, I mean, we won a lot of games when I was playing high school basketball and it might seem silly to talk about high school basketball as a 30 year old, but the reason I talk about it and like to reflect on it is because not necessarily of, Oh, remember this district championship. Right. But yeah, because like that was a big part of becoming a better person and developing right. was the tough practices. And some of my best memories, like uh, the one example I can think of um, is one of my best friends who was a year older than me, um, didn't make varsity as a junior, but then he came out for the team as a senior and the assistant coach was kind of like, he knew I was really good friends with him. He's like, you know, is this dude, you know, is he going to make the team? Like, what should we think of him? You know, he, he didn't make it as a junior. And I was like, you want this dude on your team. Right. Like he is a high character. He's going to play the best defense he can. <laughs> like during practice, he's going to be running sprints as hard as he can, which there was like one time we ran so many sprints. He, <laughs> he had to dive across the line to make the, to make the final time. And we all just mobbed him and we're cheering <laughs> for him because we ran so many sprints that day. Like guys were vomiting. Dudes were almost like passing out. We were in a major losing streak. And like that, that was a, a time where it was like building some character. Like it was gut check time. And for him to do that and then have us all mob him and he got, he got up and he's just like, I just blacked out, man. <laughs> he dove from like the free throw line to the baseline trying to make yeah. it in time. Yeah. And, um, like those are, those are good, good memories. And then yeah. like another one is, um, my point guard, he had just hit, um, a game winner, like at the buzzer and was he bits? was, yeah, it was bits. bits yeah, yeah. Shout out to bits. Um, so he hit this game win game winning three, like near the top of the key, um, to win the game. And him and I had been through some battles, like in terms of games, him and I were always playing against each other in the off season. Bits was a bad boy. I remember um, he was nasty. You know, I, th- I think it was after he had graduated after maybe his senior year or something and some open gyms and like, oh, he, he, he was, was a, he was explosive athletic. Yeah. Like, he could really get up. He's like one of the strangest athletes I've seen because he's like five ten, and like really well built yeah. and he could dunk and he was yeah. like there was yeah. time where he was doing like 360 dunks yeah he didn't look like he could jump yeah. and then yeah. he could jump yeah he's a really really good athlete and because him and i had that relationship and we'd been through those practices where we felt like we were going to puke or in his case he did puke sometimes um then i went up to him after he hit that game winner and i was like dude i was wide open <laughs> like as a joke and we could have that like 
that um, exchange there because I was just so happy for him. Like he deserved that. But it's it's that work that you put in and those memories that you make when you're doing something that you maybe don't want to be doing. And then like you can realize later how it's really impacted the person that you are. Yeah. And I think I think, you know, the the term uh, you're living in the past gets a negative uh, connotation sometimes when uh, realistically we are our life is an accumulation of things that we've done and experienced. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in order for us, I think to be the best moving forward or be the best in the present, we have to, again, recall on all the things that we've succeeded and failed at in the past. Um, and so it's not like the, you know, the old guys or girls who are like, ah, oh, remember the good old days of blah, 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 blah. It's not like that at all. No, it, it's, it's looking back on, your past experiences and there's nothing wrong with recalling like the good memories, but also like the challenges of like, you didn't want to run all those sprints, but here you are in a podcast, like talking about how it did build character and how, you know, your team bonded because of some of the struggles that you went through. Those are the things that, you know, you, you still look back on fondly of and you're able to apply a lot of those struggles into everything you're doing in your life moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and again, I think back to that example of my buddy that like dove across the finish line during one of our sprints. Who was that farmer? That was farmer. Yeah. Shout out buddy to farmer, farmer too. Yeah. Dude, um, still not fun to be guarded by. Um, it was, it was cool. Like after muggy. that. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Very handsy, handsy, quick, wiry, strong. Yep. Yeah. Tough to, tough to score on. Um, and to have the assistant coach like a couple months after the season or something, be able to like go up to him and I and be like, farmer, I didn't really know what to expect. Like with you being on the team. And he's like, Taylor told me like you needed to be on this team because of the high character and the hardworking person that you were. And he's like, he was, he was right. Like the stuff that Kyle was able to do for that team was pretty sweet. And I think when you talk about, yeah, like, you know, living in the past, um, or, or looking back, yeah, that's all we are is we're just these these um, experiences that we've had and that's how we've become the person that we are. And so what that reminds me of is that if we are the person we are because of what we've experienced in the past and maybe the work we've put in in the past or the character we've employed, that puts a lot of responsibility on what we're doing right now. So like in a couple of months, in a couple of years, decades, we're going to be looking back and asking ourselves like, or being able to see the type of person that we were and how that led to the type of person that we've become. So like, I feel a ton of responsibility each day of you're really trying to set yourself up for the person you're going to be in the future. So get to work. You got to do something today <clears throat> that your future self is going to thank you for. Mm -hmm. And if you can do a bunch of it, <laughs> right. Yeah. And you may not want to do it today, but if you know, it's going to benefit you down the road, do it, just do it. And I think that's um, a big part of having the discipline and doing things that allow certain people to be successful or certain people to be, be able to achieve certain things that maybe they shouldn't really have achieved if you just kind of looked at it uh, physically, you know, w with, with anything uh, not business wise, they're able to have enough discipline to do things that they know are going to benefit them later, even though they really don't want to do it. Because I might want to watch two hours of Netflix how is that expanding my business? I could spend those two hours 
um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna dedicate an hour of that time spending it with with my family, reading my daughter a story, and talking to my wife about how the day went, and then I'm gonna spend uh, maybe 15 minutes uh, reading a book, and then maybe I'm gonna spend you know 45 minutes um, making emails and phone calls of trying to continue to develop and and build relationships with with uh, coaches and people. And I mean, that's just an example of two hours. You might not, that might not be like a straight two hours, but mm-hmm. um, those are the things that I, I may just feel like sitting on the couch and doing something else. But I know next week and next year and next month, I'm going to be a heck of a lot uh, happier that I spent some time doing something that's benefiting me five years from now in the future, or even if it's just a couple weeks mm-hmm. in the future. But that discipline is so rare but anybody can do it. You just got to do it, you know? And, and I think anybody that's successful has examples of things that they do on a daily basis to continue to improve that the average person, you know, is spending their time much, much differently. Mm-hmm. Do you, so talking about like that mindset, so you're someone that I've always considered to have a really strong disciplined mindset having an awareness of like, okay, I'm going to do this stuff that I don't necessarily want to do. So um, do you think that there's like how much of that could be developed in someone that doesn't seem to just have it right off the bat? Do they need to be able to see like some success in order to say, Oh, okay. So that's why I put in the work or how, how would someone develop that if it's possible? Uh, I think that every person is different, right? So I think that path to having a lot of discipline and a lot of time invested for a result down the road for a uh, individual to begin doing that themselves on a consistent basis is going to be different. Like maybe somebody needs to see someone else kind of model that for them. And, you know, that's something that I like to try to do with my camps is when I'm going back, back home, especially a rural community. And here's this guy coming who's played college and pro basketball. I'm trying to model and speak to them as far as like, if you want this, you can, you could do it. Or you could do something else in your life, not just sports related, and become successful at it. And I want to try to model that. So being able to see somebody else do it. Some people have to just go through it themselves. I could watch somebody else do something and accomplish something. Um, it might not sink home, but if I can get through some some uh, successes and failures and kind of grind in myself and figuring out some things on my own, now maybe I can... I can do it um, myself. I think it's maybe a little bit harder in a lot of kids are and everybody's on social media, but I think it can be a little bit more kind of abstract and foreign when we see somebody else who maybe was a little bit more like successful, picked themselves up by their own bootstraps and look what they're doing now because we don't have that relationship. Right. So maybe it can be done and, and you can get motivation from other people without ever meeting them. Don't get me wrong. But I think that might be a little bit harder of seeing it from a distance, whereas being able to be around somebody who's personally modeling it um, can be very beneficial. Like I said, some people need to kind of go through it themselves, um, you know, and some people are, you know, will will pick up things just like if you like to read and you're reading books on this uh, specific area, then you're going to be able to try to apply some of that into your life. So I think there's so many different different ways um, that people can kind of get to that point of having discipline in doing things on their own. Um, but again, most people don't don't do that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, you know, I like I, there's, you know, guys that are my age that I know still like burn 
hours and hours a week playing video games. Like that's cool if you're getting paid for it. <laughs> right. But, but to me, like it's fun and you might do it like on a rare occasion. Like I've never really ever played video games. I mean, like I Sonic can, the can remember, um, I don't know when we were in like, yeah. when I was a young high schooler, we had like one game we would play or mm -hmm. something like that occasionally. But, um, you know, if I'm not doing something that's actually, I'm going to be grateful that I did, you know, a month in the past or two months in the past, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time doing it. Right. Yeah. It's kind of funny, like bringing up the video game, um, examples, because for me, video games, like in college were a big deal. We played way too many video games and it was kind of, kind of funny because there was like a very <clears throat> distinct, like turning of the page from that person in college that played video games and I don't really like regret playing all those games like it was me and a group of like six buddies just always it's, hanging out it was kind of like a friendly right. bonding thing you're yep. in college you're around a group I'm not really talking about that right like, I no, don't I think get you it. should burn I don't think you should burn like the day away doing that with your buddies yeah right but like what I'm talking about is like the the you know the guy who's married and has kids mm -hmm. But he's like down in the basement for three hours. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, talking trash to some kid in another country playing, mm -hmm. you know, Fortnite or whatever. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, do something for your family. Right. Yeah. There's that. There is that distinction. And like for me, like I was saying, it was, um, I had graduated or was just about to graduate college. And I was like, I want to propose to Abby. Like, that's, that's what I want to do now. And I was like, I can't. I can't like expect her to take me serious playing video games this many hours a day. I'm going to sell my PlayStation and that's going to go towards buying her an engagement ring. And so like a, a pretty decent chunk of, you know, how I paid for her engagement ring was after I had sold my PlayStation three or whatever. And it's silly like to look back and be like, Oh, so you sold your video games and bought a engagement ring. But no, for me, that was like a literal, like, a turning of the page yeah. like it was from being a boy to now being like okay i need to get rid of this cut it out of my life because i need to be someone that that this girl can take serious enough to marry and the 300 bucks towards the ring didn't really hurt either but that helps yeah so yeah i think that that's um that's always an interesting topic because we're both two people that really harp a lot on, I think like personal development and stuff like that. And are you doing things that are going to be improving you as a person? Um, and I understand that that in itself can be kind of a passion, like be passionate about yep. figuring out ways to be better than you were. But I don't think that that's the case for everybody. And it's hard to like figure out how to, how to relate that to, to some other people, because like you said, you know, maybe it's okay at times to be playing those video games. Like when is it not okay? You know? And I think you kind of outlined some of that, but it's tough to relate to some people sometimes because this is what I'm passionate about is just trying to find ways that I can become better. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And mm -hmm. I don't think that that's a priority for every single person, not to say that they're not good people. It's just not a priority. Yep. And I, and I think, everybody's different and not everyone is going to ever feel that way, no matter how much they see it and, and no matter how much they hear it or read about it or any of that stuff, you know, not everybody's going to be that way. And, mm -hmm. um, that's an opportunity like Micah, I don't know if it was on the podcast or, 
when I was talking to him, our youngest brother, and he was talking about the use of social media with kids his age. And he said one of the wisest things that I've probably ever heard a teenager make. He was like, I see an advantage because of the use of social media. And I know how much time all of these other athletes are spending on social media that is not benefiting them in any way. In a lot of ways, studies have shown that it's very detrimental. In fact, if you spend a lot of time on social media, you know, emotionally. So um, he's like, I see this as a huge advantage because if I just don't do or Mm -hmm. spend as much time on that stuff, I'm going to be productive now with this a lot of time that everybody else is spending basically beating themselves up about to, you know, work on my jump shot or um, develop better personal relationships with, with certain people or family members. And I was like, man, that's, that's right on the money. And he's only a teenager and how much wisdom was in that, that statement of because there's a lot of people who, you know, don't have much discipline or they're either not good with their time management. What an advantage that is if you are a person who does use your time wisely, you are disciplined enough to, you know, concentrate and work hard on certain certain things. You're just going to get farther and farther and farther ahead of all those different people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I'd heard on a podcast the other day, this guy uh, is a business owner and he had, he had basically said like, the stigma is that my generation doesn't know how to work hard. And he's like, I can't say like whether that's true or not as a whole, but he's like, but I know how to work hard. And so whether my business fails or not, I can go out and get a job and work 50 hours a week. That's never going to bother me. He's like, so that right there is probably a big advantage. Yes. So discipline, it helps when you're able to grind at something that you're passionate about, but also I don't think it can be overstated of how important it is just to be able to put in work towards something that you're not passionate about and just understanding the value of that too, because you're not always going to be able to just thrive off passion, I guess. No. And, and I think that's one thing that a lot of, um, people struggle with or don't quite uh, understand is like, you know, I'll use myself for example, basketball is my job. That's what I get paid. That's what I support my family to do is teach basketball. Um, but probably more than half of what I do with my business and my job, I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. It's business stuff. I'm not interested in that. There is a social media component. I don't really care for social media. Like if it never existed, I'd be you know fine with that. Um, there, there's so many different things. I'm I'm really introverted, and so the the challenge of being able to reach out and make phone calls and emails and do public speaking isn't something that I'm comfortable with. It's just something that I've kind of trained myself to do so that there's a small percentage of being able to do what I really love to do, which is working with kids, being in the gym, being able to sweat in shorts and a t-shirt and just work hard and get after it. I, I love that stuff. So, um, even if you're doing something for a living or spend a lot of time doing something that you're passionate about, there's going to be a lot of that that you really don't like doing. Like you got the podcast, the recording and the interview and stuff, I would imagine is a huge part of what you really like to do mm-hmm. 
but how many things go along with the podcast that you don't want to do, but you got to do it if everything's going to be successful. And if we can understand that even in the things that we want to do most, probably the majority of that time is going to be something that we're really not fired up about. We're going to absolutely love that other percentage of getting out and doing what we really want to do. Yeah. And I think especially like with something like I have going on and certainly with something that you have going on, you're like, well, say, say it's 50, 50, 50% of, and I bet it's probably less than that in terms of the time you're actually in the gym versus what you're doing that you don't enjoy. But let's just say it's 50, 50, 50% of that you're enjoying 50% you're not. That's a lot better than the dude that's going to the nine to five and a hundred percent hates what he's doing. So (laughs) like, yeah, it's that, it's that pushing, it's that pull and sacrificing to get to the part that you do actually enjoy, which is a bigger percentage than probably most people. Right. And you know, for me, it's like, you know, like tomorrow I got an eight hour basketball camp. I'll be in the gym for at least 11 hours. Um, but that eight hours, I love it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to be anywhere else. I don't want to do anything else. People ask me like, Steve, what's the goal? Like, you're going to be a college coach or like, what are you going to do? No, like, no, this is, I've reached it. This is Mm -hmm. what I want to do. Um, so out of that eight hours of camp, okay. You got the drive in the car, really the, the, I enjoy the work. I enjoy the creation of the camp, like specific camp. These is, this is everything that we're going to work on. I love that stuff but there's contracts, there's, there's money, there's, um, the travel, there's in, insurance and liability and all these different aspects that go into it. I mean, I'm not interested in any of that, but you got to do it to do the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything else you wanted to cover in the episode today? No, man. I think, um, well, before we finish, you were saying a couple of books that you're reading. What were a couple of those? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm, for some reason, zoned in right now on some psychology. It seems to be cool. um, like there's a couple of books that are real similar, and I, I usually read bits and pieces from a couple of books each day. And right now, a couple of them that I'm reading, I'm kind of forgetting like which book I'm reading because mm-hmm. they're pretty closely aligned. Um, but it's talking about like the subconscious and how that might affect most of our behaviors. And for me, it's kind of interesting, um, because I, I think being self-aware and being conscious of the decisions you're making, how you're treating people, the words that you're using is all really important because some people aren't conscious of just their simply the actions that they're, that they're going through each day. Um, so becoming conscious of maybe uh, what our subconscious is doing too is, is kind of unique and how that, is maybe driving us. So maybe trying to get a handle on uh, the subconscious a little more and, and at least understanding how it's playing into some of the decisions I'm making, but then also just being conscious of the fact um, to the, to the point of what decisions am I making? And is the decision that I made yesterday, was that a good decision? Was that a bad decision? Did it get me closer to my goal further away? Um, Has kind of been the, been the trend. And then there's just a couple of other like entrepreneurial books two that I'm reading where people are outlining, you know, what they've done to, to find success and to build their business and expand their reach. And those are, um, really tough for me to read because I mean, I enjoy the book. I a hundred percent agree with, with the content. Um, but they're outlining, you know, what does it take to 
grow your Instagram following and they're sharing all the things that they did. Well, posting a picture, coming up with a cool caption on Instagram, that's the easy part. But it's like having to do, you know, some of this other stuff behind the scenes leading up to a post um, to, to hit more people or whatever it might be, or making sure that's a high quality picture is something I really struggle with. Like mm-hmm. people want to look at high quality pictures. Yeah. And if you're yeah. snapping a crappy photo, they're going to scroll by, even if the caption is good, even if the picture itself um, was of something cool, if it's not high quality. And so for me, I'm like reading that stuff and I'm like, oh, it's just, it's so much work going it's into a lot that of work and yeah you know the the hard thing for me is like we all have different kind of priorities and like really for for me like with the social media stuff it's just good or bad it's a low priority for me like we got Kramer mm-hmm. basketball on Instagram but really it's a low priority for for me we'll have some pictures up lighting's probably bad on three quarters of them video clips up there it was just I was just sending my phone down, yeah. <laughs> didn't record. Like the drill's cool, or the dunk was nice, or whatever it might be, but like the quality of it. And um, I think that depending on kind of what business you're in or what your goals are, that stuff is obviously very very important. Um, and it's not to say that if I was better in those specific areas that we wouldn't, you know, have more business success. We probably would. Right. Um, but at the same time, I'm focusing, you know, my business personally on personal relationships. And when we do work with coaches and players, providing the best basketball experience for them. Mm-hmm. And that's that priority is not necessarily for me to show it on Instagram or YouTube or anything like that. Um, but, I mean, that's... That's the way it's been for me. And my, my business, I mean, 99% of my business has been from relationships that I've mm-hmm. developed, not from something that I posted on, you know, Facebook. Right. Yeah. It seems to be like a, I don't know that I can get away from it with what I have going on, but it's something that I'm certainly not very good at. And I'm utilizing it in such a way that I don't know if it, if it is what it's meant to be used for, but I'm like, I like to write. I like to read. And I like to try to give deeper meaning to some of these things that I'm sharing. And so I totally understand. Like when I post like three paragraphs under a picture, most people aren't going to read that, but that's how I want to go about it. And if someone does read it, they have a deeper connection with me. They understand more about what I have going on. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just stuff like that where it's, it's like, like you said, you can either use it or not. And then, if you're not going to use it, you better find other ways of building connections so that you can, you know, get to that level of success that yep. you want. Yep. There's great people who are very successful in, in life and they don't have a single social media <laughs> page or whatever. And they're making millions and millions of dollars if that's what they want to do. Or, you know, they're a, a pastor who's impacting, you know, hundreds or thousands of lives. And, you know, they're not, on. I mean, there's, there's more than one way to do the right thing. Yep, absolutely. Well, man, I appreciate you getting on again. Uh, why don't you share with people where they can find you on said social media? Um, well, first, my website, KramerBasketball.com, um, our online membership program. If for anybody that's a serious uh, player or coach, is member.KramerBasketball.com. We 
put new content up with your registration every single month. And it's the best. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Uh, we have, you know, I, I had a parent who it's funny. They actually apologized to me because I had emailed them because they were, had the membership. I said, Hey, you know, you guys check out some of those videos. He's like, no, I haven't logged in in like a month or so. And I was like, you know, you should check out. Cause I think, you know, your, your girls are going to benefit from a couple of the, a lot of the videos that we have and the instruction and skill work. He's like, okay. And then like a week or two later, I got an apology email from him. <laughs> and he was like, Steve, I just logged in and went through a bunch of those videos. And I apologize because there's so much good stuff on there that I just hadn't taken the time to look through. Cause it is, I mean, there's hours and hours and hours of yeah. video content on there. So, I mean, you got to spend some time watching and learning. Um, but he's like, man, I apologize. Cause there's so much uh, great stuff on there that, you know, I haven't watched it. And once I watch it now I can have my, my daughters do it and, you know, we're getting after it. So, um, but on, uh, social media, you know, Kramer underscore basketball on Instagram, Kramer basketball on Facebook, Kramer basketball on YouTube. Um, I used to have Snapchat. I don't have it anymore. I just kind of stopped. That's trash. Stop using it. Um, Twitter, Steve 21 Kramer. Um, you know, I'll try to, you know, with the social media stuff is like for the people that follow me, I hope that, you know, their life is just a little bit better because they follow me on some of that stuff, you know, and, and maybe it's a post that's specific about basketball and they're not really a basketball person. Um, but I hope that there's another post that I'll, I'll put up, you know, within a week or once a week or two, twice a week that is just about, you know, life and growth and development that can translate beyond sports. Yeah, absolutely. Well, dude, it was awesome uh, having you on and having you visit for this weekend. I know I've got some things to think about after talking with you, um, balance specifically. So as I just kind of like sum up a little bit about this, I would just ask if you're a listener and you have, you know, big goals or intentions for yourself, um, then maybe ask yourself how you're utilizing the word balance. And is it really a healthy balance that's uh, contributing to your success or is it really just an excuse and a reason to put your feet up for, for time that maybe you haven't necessarily earned? That's something that I just, I absolutely have to take into consideration. So thanks for bringing that up and thank you guys for listening. As always, we appreciate you. Bye-bye.